to start with the name of the show that I'm pitching. Okay. You ready? Yep. Fubar. Kiki and Cash get married. Oh. They have a kid. They get divorced. And you see the kid graduate from high school, go to the police academy, and you see like- The police academy? Yeah. <laughs> this is the multiverse. We're crossing over. Lassard takes the kid under his wing. You'll love the campiness of this. It gets Cash is like the fun, wild dad. Yep. And then Uncle Ray is like, yo, are you- Taking care of that kid the right way. That's my nephew. Sure, like stock, yeah. stock portfolio at age six. So guess who I've got playing the kid? You're going to love this. Channing Tatum. Ooh, Think 21 that's, Jump that's Street. really yep, good. Yeah. The kid's name is Matt Tango Cash. Do you know why his name is Matt? Little throwback Easter egg. Do you remember Matt Sikowski, the assistant warden? Remember there was yeah, the guy who helped him yeah. and got killed? So it was in honor of his friend getting killed. Nice. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. Arthritis, muscle soreness, psoriasis, this all-natural gel designed to increase blood flow. Max, I, I can't just read. I got to speak from the heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're riding Falcor all day long and your legs are sore. <laughs> no, it's like the Duke brothers in Coming to America. You're back after, that, that's after right. Capsiva. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff is great. Go to their website, capsiva.com, and you can do a free trial of it. And we're real fortunate to work with them as a sponsor because this is something I believe in because I, again, am old as dirt and need this to basically get up in the morning and move around. Yeah, it spikes me up too. Yeah, and you're not as old as I am, but you certainly are falling apart. Yes, I am. Well, we sit down a lot for the show. <laughs> we do sit a lot. So capsiva.com, try the gel. It will change your life. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at ianboltonlawgroup.com. Max, do you remember the movie Money Pit? Do I? Yeah, of course. Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, Shelley Long. That's a real serious situation. A lot of people are dealing in real estate, contractors. It's a dangerous world. The Bolton Legal Group, they'll review your contracts. They'll make sure that you and your needs are taken care of. 
Rental agreements, real estate, contracts, small and large business, you name it, they do it. You won't be swindled by contractors like Tom Hanks in that movie. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that movie's a nightmare for all homeowners. Does it give you like PTSD? Yes. <laughs> it's a nice house. I, it, it is. I know January in Michigan feels like we're living on Hoth, but summer is going to be here soon. And if Jack Chester had access to Bolton Legal Group, their summer rental would have been flawless. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> It took me, I just take a minute, I'm like, he knows I'm talking about summer rental with yeah, John yeah. Candy. All right, yeah, there you yeah. go. I'm giving you examples of how Bolton Legal Group can help you. For a consultation, call Bolton Legal Group at 248-595-0001. Tell them Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to win your case. Today's episode, Movies That Deserve the Cobra Kai Treatment. If you're not four seasons deep into Cobra Kai, then stop this podcast immediately and go watch it. Wait, no, 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 don't do that. But when you're done watching Buzz in the Tower, immediately turn on Netflix and watch Cobra Kai. If you think prequels and sequels are risky, try taking one of the greatest 80s movies ever made and turning it into a TV series 30 years later. While there's no question that Danielson, Johnny, and Allie all deserved this opportunity, one has to ask, are there any other 80s movies that deserve the Cobra Kai treatment? It's that very question that Buzz in the Tower will dive into today. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the eagle fang to my Miyagi-Do, Max Sanders. And with that, let's Cobra Kai some movies. Max, you ready for this? I guess so. Max son, must talk. Walk on road. Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get squished like grape. Hear podcasting, same thing. Either you podcast do yes, or podcast do no. You podcast do guess so, squish, just like grape. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Well, then let's do it, Max. <laughs> Woo! Look at you! Your acting debut is. Uh, I'm such a bad. As Daniel Larusso. I can't do written down stuff. It freaks me out. Well, you can't remember things, and you can't write things down. So where does that leave you? Facts. Facts. Good facts. 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 Facts, man. Oh man. Woo! Welcome to a spicy episode of Buzz in the Tower. This is. I'm proud of it. I feel really good about it. Cobra Kai has consumed our off-air conversation for a long time and we said there's other movies that would totally rock if they were turned into Cobra Kai's and thus was birthed this episode. Is this going to start our Netflix career? Yes. Like the South Park episode? What if Adam Sandler? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Robo 4000 or what is yeah, it? But yeah, but whatever. Whatever. It's cool. <laughs> Osimo? Yeah. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Come on and let me tell you about your best friend. <laughs> Max, welcome to the show. Hi. We have so many things to talk about. Can I start where I want to start, which is my favorite thing to talk about? Yourself? Well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the Patreon. Yeah. The Patreon is an untamed beast that's taking over the <laughs> land. All right. So if you're not aware, Buzz in the Tower has a Patreon. When you subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzz in the tower, you get access to behind the scenes videos, audio, you can be in contest, and you can even have an impact on our episodes. So today's episode we took kind of an informal poll of our Patreons to see what movie they think deserves the Cobra Kai treatment. And Max and I each have three movies. Now, I don't know two of his movies, and he doesn't know two of my movies. But there is one movie that was picked by our Patreon for each of us, and we're going to share that when we hop into the episode. I forgot which one yours is already, so I'll be Unbelievable. surprised. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Never ending story? 
No, we're not. No. Focus. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say that. My the follow up is called Falcor's Revenge. <laughs> it's very dark. It'd be very appropriate to have another sequel to Neverending Story because it never ends. Well, there was a sequel to oh, it. Oh no, there's two of them. Yeah. Jack Black was in the third yeah, one. He was not the bad good. guy. Not I know. Good. <laughs> Let's start by giving some love to our Patreons, and the list has grown mightily in one week. Can you do it all in like 30 seconds? I'm going to try. Here we no. go. No, make it slow and sul- sultry. You know what you just sounded like? <laughs> what? Do you remember? Um, oh, God. What's the Schwartz? True Lies. You remember when he's pretending? <laughs> no, no, dance no, do it. Do it slowly. Do it slow. <laughs> he drops the tape. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. What's oh, up? She's great. Man. She's the best. She is the best. All right, Max. Our collective Max, you're, you're doing it again. Okay, sorry. You're doing it again. I'm going to tase you. People like this. This they is don't. Banter. You like this and your family. Someone asked Nobody me, else Someone asked this. me the other day how many people are on our podcast. And I go, two. He goes, I thought there was more than that. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I thought I was honored. Oh, that's so funny. All right, here we go. Yep. Let's start with our gooses. You can never have too many gooses. No. Or geeses. Not Canadian geese. Not Canadian Get them out of here. Uh, the entry level for our Patreon is Goose, and there's also Iceman, which is after that, and then Maverick, and we have something special to talk about because <laughs> we have a new category. Somebody went a little over the top on our Patreon. We'll get to that. Uh, Benedict Noske, Josh Brass, Dan Fingers Freeman, Arter Fruman, Tyler Roberts, Ian Thompson, Mike Michael Ursu, Graham Fox, Zoe Crowley, Bill Pappas, Jordan Bolton, No Cover Guy, Zane Cadro. Welcome to the Buzz in the Tower Goose Level co-pilots. We'll never, we'll never accidentally kill you. I promise. Okay. Well, that's like goose. Now you made it weird. Yeah, that's okay. Too soon. Can I get to the Ice Men now? Yes. The Ice Men, the Ice Women, <laughs> Ice Man. That's right. I am dangerous. That's not, that's not, man. Okay, oh, you're saying yeah. it to Ice Man. Yeah. Come on, calm down. Uh, Benjamin Conger, Mike Goodwin, Chris Williams, Melissa Zimmerman, Duncan O'Brien, Katie Carbin, Russ Dobson, and Mikey Gradillis. Those are our Icemen. Woo! Do they all have spiky blonde hair? Yes. And they play great beach volleyball. Can we get to the Mavericks? Yes. Let's get to the Mavericks. We've got Michael Kirazis. I'm probably butchering that, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> Tim Williams, we got Matt from Static Rerun, we got Chris from Retro Life for You, Jim Neal Jr., and uh, we got one technical maverick, but we're going to call him a viper. Nick Baldwin signed up as a maverick, but doubled his fee, so we just call him a viper. (laughs) He's a double maverick. He's a double maverick, so we call him a viper. So he's our first viper, an unofficial category for people to go over the top. Tom Skerritt's in his own category. Why don't we just call anybody who goes over the top Lincoln Hawk? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) He's our first Lincoln Hawk. So Lincoln Hawk it is. Okay. (laughs) How about if they go real over the top, we call him Howard the Duck. How's that sound? That's great. That's great. It's great. Good times. All right. Thank you to our patrons. Phil? <laughs> oh, man. Thank you guys so much. So don't forget, check us out on Patreon. Also, all social media channels at buzzinthetower.com. Follow us, subscribe, like, review, throw parties in our honor, whatever you we want to do. It That's works awesome. For us. Yeah, why not? Name stuff after us. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I'm excited about this because we reached out to our co-pilots, our members of our Patreon, and we asked them, what movie would you guys suggest? And there were a lot of really good suggestions. So what you and I are doing today is we're making a case for other 80s movies that today could be given the Cobra Kai treatment. And there's something unique about this because it's not just about a sequel. It's not just about a reboot. This is about, is there an untold story that you and I can gin up and make work that would carry as well as Cobra Kai? Because I got to tell you, every episode of Cobra Kai, I'm just like, this is incredible. <laughs> I Like, it's so good. It shouldn't work. On paper, it shouldn't work. Yeah. But it does. And it's incredible. I could watch this all night, all day. It's my favorite thing in the world. So what 80s movies could we give that treatment to? And then you and I, we're going to pitch. We're going to pitch Hollywood. That's what this episode is. is so this is our board pitching. meeting? This is a big pitch. Or elevator pitch. Uh, no, it's longer than in the middle. It's yeah. longer than an elevator, less than a board meeting. 
we reached out to our co-pilots and they picked two. Max, let's talk about what they picked and then let's jump right into the episode. Let's do it. So there were lots of different opinions that were given. The one that I landed on, Chris Williams, who runs the Love 80s and 90s page on Facebook, and Paul Cavanaugh, huge fan of the show. Shout out to him and his family. Physically and emotionally. They, I follow them on Instagram. They are in Disney right now with their daughter for their first trip out to Disney, so that's oh, cool. a blast. They both landed on one that really struck a chord with me, The Last Starfighter. Yes. <laughs> so I will be pitching today how The Last Starfighter could be given the Cobra Kai treatment. Max, what do you got? What is your patron, your co-pilot uh, suggestion that you'll be using today? Mine were chosen by Edwin Pratt and Matt from Static Rerun, I got St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, that's a good one. Which is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, so we this is the only two that we knew about mutually because we talked about this beforehand. When we're done with those two, we'll then go into two choices each yep. and those I don't know. So I'm curious to see what you have. I know you're curious to see what I have. Max, one last thing that I almost skipped. We had a little bit of a online poll that we did, a double or nothing on an earlier bet that we made. Listen to the podcast. You tricked me into I'm this. not listening to the podcast again. I know exactly what was said. An argument was made about recasting Police Academy and you felt like Commandant Lassard could be replaced with Rodney Dangerfield. And I said, Leslie Nielsen, and you thought I was crazy and I knew you were crazy. So we did a double or nothing on a steak dinner bet that I had lost you before. And the vote is in. I crushed you. I owe you no steak. You get nothing, nothing. So to be fair, I was upset by your pick in the moment because if you did the research, they wrote the part for Leslie Nielsen. So you had her lazy pick, but I won the bet, right? No, because it's lack of creativity. And I didn't even want to do the bet. You forced me into it, but I won the bet, right? Fine. Steaks are clean. We're good. Moving on to the episode. Max, you so stupid from a previous bet bully that, that you won. You are entitled to decide who goes first and who goes second. So I, I offer to you, my good friend, my good man. <sighs> You're just happy. You don't have to. So happy. Some shekels. So happy. The idea of watching you eat a steak on my dime makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> you paid for my dinner before. I'd flip a coin to you and say, keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> you paid for my dinner once and I got so excited that my girlfriend was like, easy. <laughs> I remember I threw yeah. you a coin and said, get yourself the fattest goose. <laughs> I'll go first. All right. Here we go. St. Elmo's, right? St. Elmo's Fire. You love this movie, right? I do love this movie. We don't get to talk about it very much. We don't much. talk about it very much. That's yeah. going to change right now. This is the definition of the Brad Pack. I, this is like. built it. Yeah. yeah. So 1985, cost $10 million to make, made $37 million. Joel Schumacher, RIP, written and directed by him. He just has got this great visual flair. It's like John Hughes, but more kind of soap opery. A group of friends just out of college struggle with adulthood. And the cast is loaded. You got Andrew McCarthy as Kevin, Judd Nelson as Alec, Amelia Estevez as Kirby. Kerbo! Good old Kerbers. <laughs> Ali Sheedy, Rob Lowe, and Demi Moore. And they all have kind is of. Is this your favorite Demi Moore? This is my favorite Demi Moore performance. G.I. Jane. Oh, that's a great Seek call. Seek Lysel. <laughs> great call. Great call. Great call. <laughs> yeah. It. It's so good. I'm glad I didn't bet you a stake on that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I thought you were going to say One Crazy Summer. She was great in that. Yeah. Who's, why can't I? Cassandra. It took me a minute. I was like, yeah. Cassandra, yeah. Or what's the one, Indecent Proposal? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's older. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. So, a couple facts about the movie. Mm-hmm. Should I say that or no? Yeah, if you want to. I, I brought no facts to the table, but okay. if you want to be smug, <laughs> I have no facts on my movies. Uh, St. Elmo's is based on The Tombs, a popular Georgetown bar. And Rob Lowe had to fight for the part, even though I think he's the most perfect. He went into the audition on a motorcycle, put down a six pack of Corona and started drinking them. Sure. And Emilio and Andrew McCarthy roomed together in real life and prep for the role. Ooh. Yeah, that's fun. I like that. I'd like to be a fly on that wall. So 37 years later, here's my pitch, right? <laughs> Here we go. Walk <laughs> me through it. This one was the hardest one because it's going to be really interesting because you and I, I bet, have a very different way of approaching. It was just good. It's just going to be different. Like, I'm curious how you're going to pitch versus how I pitch. But, but go ahead. <laughs> so 37 years later, the gang has hasn't seen each other in forever three decades at least sure and they're coming together for dot 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 wait for it pause 
Billy's funeral. Oh, we call, start off with some angst. Yeah. We, we call it St. Elmo's funeral. That's the that's the name of. <laughs> you win. You win. I have a couple. I'm so. First of all, can I tell you why I love you? I don't spend enough time giving you enough appreciation and telling you that I love you. People don't realize you and I. We get our topic. Yeah. If we're doing a joint topic, we're working together. We'll talk all throughout the week. But on these standalones where we're kind of coming up with our own ideas, we don't talk beforehand. No. So I didn't tell you to pick names for the show. I just prayed that you did because I have absurd names. My names for mine. are fire. No, you're. This is. You've come out the gate. <laughs> you're literally looking back in your rearview mirror, waving at me, saying, I'll "Catch up with Saint Elmo's funeral whenever you have time." Mo, this is fantastic. Please continue. Continue. So going for the, the big chill kind of vibes, you know what I mean? Right, right. So they're horrifically all, depressing. <laughs> they're all back in DC, and Jules is a Beverly Hills yoga guru. Uh, Kirby is a low end lawyer. Kevin wrote a book about Saint Elmo's, like their whole gang. Yeah, and it really split them up as a group because he's like, "That's how you think of me," you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> Alec is a Republican congressman, sold his soul to the devil. You kind of saw it coming sure. in the movie. Wendy runs her dad's greeting card company, and Leslie is an accomplished skyscraper architect in Asia. Okay, yeah, everyone is somewhat okay on the outside, but you feel like there's something missing you know what i mean and they come back to georgetown for the funeral and billy was just a seat of his pants gig to gig saxophone player and they go to the reading of the will after the wedding i mean after the funeral <laughs> same thing <laughs> it's okay and it goes to show i hope selena heard that where your head's at <laughs> weddings funerals potato potato so there's a video reading at the will because you got to get rob Lowe in there right and billy requested the gang spend three months together in the same house in georgetown if they want equal shares of his estate and they're like Billy's the mess. You know what I mean? He doesn't have any money. This is just a cry for help. He just misses the gang, that kind of thing. Turns out that one night in April in 2011, Billy befriended the Winklevoss twins <laughs> at a bar he was playing at. Jesus, Max. And they told him about their Bitcoin play. So Billy did the most Billy thing ever and asked for an advance for his week of playing, emptied out his savings account that night, handed them $2,000. And they're like, Put it in. Don't care about it. That today is worth $266 million. So the gang is in. They're going to they're gonna live together in a house for three months and see. This, and no this, this one, feels like MTV real world. Just so you know. A little bit. Well, they kind of spawn the real world. There you go. And. You can have things like Billy's son and baby mama trying to ruin their experience because they get the money. Sure. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Kirby runs back into Dale, Andy McDowell, see if, you know, the flame is still there because she's living there. And will there be a love rekindling between Kevin and Leslie? And can the group really reconnect? There's got to be a lot of St. Elmo's drinking scenes. The place they live in is right next to St. Elmo's. Right, right. And twist alert. <laughs> they get past the three months. Turns out Billy wasn't dead. He faked his own death. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just to get the gang back together. And they're all together now. And they buy St. Elmo's and they make it into a bar franchise. And that's the next couple seasons. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to it. <laughs> what you just did took it was a roller coaster. Woo! Oh, here's the thing. I'd love to make fun of what you just did. But like, I just want to throw out there. If I went up to you and you were an executive at Netflix and I said, all right, here's what I've got. Do you remember Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso? So Daniel LaRusso owns a car dealership now and has a daughter. Yeah. And Johnny is divorced and he's got a son. Yeah. Oh, and like, you know the guy who he fought in Okinawa? <laughs> like he shows up and Allie shows up. And uh, yeah, you know the guy in the third one who's Terry. like, yeah, yeah, Terry shows up. Terry's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, and Kreese is nuts still. Yeah. And and we do a lot of flashbacks to him in Vietnam, so that's interesting too. Like, what you just did to me, B plus, A minus? Yeah. Like, it's, it's up there. I'll I mean, why it. is it any less ridiculous? Yeah, exactly. I'm also prepping you because some of the stuff that you're going to hear from me today is some of the most ridiculous stuff to ever come out of my I mouth. I love it. Yeah. Get weird with We're it. We're getting weird today. Yeah. Max, excellent. St. Elmo's Fire. Woo. I like it. I like it. <laughs> 
I think you could have. I think you could have sold the pitch just on Saint Elmo's funeral. <laughs> just be like, yeah, I've got this idea. It's called Saint Elmo's funeral. It's incredible. It's a diehard of names. Oh man! All right, I'm up with the Last Starfighter, and uh, I got to tell you. So first of all, the Last Starfighter is a 1984 American space opera. I know you've taught you and I have mentioned yeah. this before. I think the term space opera is incredible. Flash Gordon, exactly. Uh, it was directed by Nick Castle. The film tells the story of Alex Rogan, played by Lance Guest, a teenager rec- recruited by an alien defense force to fight an interstellar war. Alex learns that the Starfighter arcade game represents a real-life conflict between the Rylon Star League and the Kodan Empire. The latter is led by Zur, a native Rylan traitor and son of Ambassador Enduron. This is one of the ultimate hidden gems of the 80s. People love it, though. But because the idea behind it that, like, you're you're just in the middle of nowhere and you're just this teen and you're playing a video game and that that leads to being this, like, that's every every video game nerd's dream. When I had the power glove, I just dreamed it. <laughs> I love this movie. So do you remember... What about this, the octopus guy? you going to have him in there? Do you remember this movie well? Yeah. You do? You remember, basically, the end of the movie, he comes back down to Earth. And, and the it, chef's like, my God, he made it! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, like, so the one... The, one thing I struggled with, and this is true with all the movies, and I, I have to get past this, but some of these movies, a lot of the characters I love aren't alive anymore. Cobra Kai has the benefit of like only one or two original Cobra Kai guys have passed away. Everybody else is still alive yeah. outside of Miyagi. But then I thought about it, I'm like, look, if they could do this without Miyagi, I can do this without some of these characters. So Max, are you ready? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? I also want to add that although this was not one of my selections, do you know what I thought would be the most incredible pitch to try to pull off? What? The series Weekend at Bernie's. Every week, he's they know. like they're, it, it, you uncover an insurance scam, and they've been collecting um, like social security from Bernie for years, and they're going to get investigated, so they have to <laughs> dig them up, and they got to make them be alive for like a week. It's like the Rick and Morty episode. Oh my god, <laughs> great! All right, so the name of my movie, Rylos. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Isn't that cool. Yeah. So you remember Grig was Alex Rogan's navigator. Yep. Okay. My also I- played the wife. Yes. <laughs> My picture. my idea. Do you remember there was a scene when Grig was talking about how remember he was talking about the invasion of the Kodan Armada. His home planet was enslaved by Zor, and um, he talked about how he was married, his wifeoid, and he had six thousand children. A lot of kids. He referred to them as Griglings. Yep, that plays an important role in the story. It's gonna be like a Roseanne Full House. No, kind of no, thing. no, no, no. So <laughs> the Griglings. Season season one, episode one. <laughs> You ready? Yep. Of Rylon. We see the last few minutes of The Last Starfighter. So that's how we start the whole thing off. Sure. And I love the flashbacks they do in Cobra Kai. Like, I'm a huge fan of those. You'll see those in a lot of my ideas. So Grig and Alex return to the trailer park, and Grig is introduced to Alex's friends. You know, Alex asks Maggie to join him. She goes back and forth. You know, Grig is looking at everyone saying, ah, hello, yes, I am Alex's navigator, da-da-da-da-da. When this is all done, Granny goes through her, you know, write me or whatever, and they take off. So Maggie joins Alex, and they head off to Rylon, and for years, there's peace right okay grig on his deathbed is this that we cut now to grig on his deathbed being visited by one of his great 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 grandsons because he has six thousand children so he got like eight million great grandkids and they're at his bedside as he's about to pass away so he tells his great 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 grandson of the this, this story that centauri who's dropping these video games off across the universe to find the last starfighter apparently dropped more of these things off than we knew this evil fleet right the empire if you will mm-hmm. has gone and found all of these incredible starfighters but not to be the good guys. So now the entire episode is this great, 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 great grandson finds Alex and Maggie who have been married and living on Rylon for years. Of course. And the opening season is them first discovering that Centuri had done all this. Now going out and trying to find their own starfighters and put them into a class that can fight against these other ones. So it's very quantum leap 
right? Like, John e- Bacula, like yeah, right. like like each episode, they're like jumping into like a different reality and finding these different video games, and it's led essentially by Alex and Maggie. So you're Mandalorian, this kind of a bit. Yes, yeah, a little planets, bit. Yeah. So the Fun adventures. The, the twist on all of this is that Alex and Maggie never had children, right? Mm. So it's been like thirty some years from when the last Starfighter came out. So your season two twist is that they had embryos removed. <laughs> from Maggie when she didn't know and the Starfighter now we have a little bit of a Luke Skywalker Darth Vader twist on this as well Mm. but the entire series is following them going and finding all these good and bad Starfighters so the bad ones are being recruited and going to this new evil empire who's running it the evil empire? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't picked that out yet. Does he have terrible hair too? Like yes. They did? Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the good, the Rylon empire is being ran by Alex yeah. and uh, Maggie at this point. Maybe it's the old leader's genetic clone. Like it, they cloned him. It's not impossible. Yeah. But that's my idea. I like it. I, it's it's not, you crushed me with St. Elmo's. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's fun. I almost said St. Elmo's barbecue. Sci-fi, sci-fi is difficult because you have to get so in the nitty gritty of your explanation. Don't patronize me. <laughs> Quiet. I hate you so much. <laughs> Yours is so much better than my first one. All right, but my next two are great. But going back to you, that was my first one. It is uh, Rylon. Yeah. It's a good name. There you go. Yeah. Well, Max, as I limp out of the first one, because that's how I feel. This, this is how you feel normally? That was Rocky 1. You still got 2 and 3. God, I don't know what is wrong with me. It was tough. It's tough. One. To <laughs> it's really good. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we take a moment and slide into our ads? Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dobie Real Estate. You can find them at wearedobi.com. Established in 2018, they got 140 total employees, $400 million in sales in 2021. Best in class marketing services with a dedicated marketing team. They ensure that your property has eyes all over it. A comprehensive market analysis on your home with your Dobie agent. A proven lower average days on market than the competition, 25 days versus 29. That is crazy. Less than a month on the market to sell a house. That's dope. And that's that's nuts to me. They have sold, like I said, $400 million worth of homes in 2021. It's a lot of Ferris Bueller Ferraris. Big time. And we talk about this all the time on the show, off the show. When we're done being podcasters, we're going to be real estate moguls. I'm already a real estate mogul. You are not a real estate mogul. But Dobie Real Estate is who we currently work with, who yep. we have worked with, and who will continue to work with. Please tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and any of your home sale or purchase needs, there's no better place to stop. So please reach out to them. Again, we are Adobe.com. If you get a chance on social media, check them out on Facebook, Instagram, all their different channels. They're pumping out great content on how to buy a home, what to look for, and all types of good stuff. Well, that was a lovely little ad. Always. Now we're back to now we're back to my redemption story. The Moshe Bureau redemption? Yeah. It's nothing like the Shawshank. God dang right. <laughs> get busy, pardon. I feel like dying. I feel like I climbed through a sewer pipe on the first 500 one. 500 yards of stuff <laughs> smelling. I don't even want to know. I like the, I really, I like that one too. I Sci-fi feel like I didn't, is hard I didn't, to pitch. I know. It I just know. is. I, I tried it and I, I threw it out. It was you know, tough. you know, those like typical in a show where someone's crumpling papers and throwing it against. I got to let it go. Yeah. I got to let it go. Yeah. I'm turning into you. I can't be insecure. The people pay good money to see a, to see uh, me insecure and you. Yeah. Confident. And me confident. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to turn around. You're up. Uh, I think we're doing I think, every other. I think it's that my title hit you too hard. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> it was really good. Okay. It was really good. I changed but, one word, but I've got some, I've got some bangers coming up, Max. Okay, cool. I got a couple of really, really good ones. Yeah. One of too. them actually, my last one, my best one was suggested by some of our co-pilots, but it was going to be mine we regardless of whether they suggested it or not so oh do you want to go steak dinner for who's got the best list uh no i don't okay well, who's got the best one uh, 
no, I'm not betting. No more gambling. I don't feel the strength. I don't feel the power today. <laughs> okay. I don't feel the glow. Okay. You got that glow. Soul glow? Yeah. I was talking about the last year. Yeah, I know. But Do I was, you know? I was stringing Do it. Do you know? I did show enough on our villain episode. Do you know? <laughs> Max, what do you got? This is the movie you introduced me to. Uh-oh. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. You picked Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Kine. <laughs> 1988, made $42 million. I can't find anywhere how much it costs to make. I wonder why that is. I have no idea. All I know is it paid for uh, Michael Caine's house. Oh, no, no. I'm he, thinking of Jaws 4. No, That's no, why he did no. Jaws 4. He did this movie because he could stay in a French villa for three months. Yeah, he did Jaws My, 4 because he just wanted the money or just, whatever. Can we just bribe Michael Caine to do stuff? Yes. No? Okay. Let's get him on the show. Cool. So story first. Two common bet on who can swindle a young American heiress out of $50,000. Simple heist kind of con men kind of thing. I love all these. Ocean's Eleven, Money Heist. All those are fantastic. You got Steve Martin as Freddie Benson. Michael Caine as Lawrence Jameson. I'm sorry, who? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> Glean Headley as Janet Colgate, oh, a.k.a. Yeah. the Jackal. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. She's great. Dick Tracy, Mr. Holland's Opus, and Sergeant Bilko. I freaking love Sergeant Bilko. You would. Sarge! <laughs> I want to be Sergeant Bilko. Um, I loved her. I mean, like, loved her and Dick Tracy. Yeah. Is Dick Tracy in the 80s? No. No, 90s. no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the yes, goofiness. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love the goofiness, the heist and con aspect. There's not enough of those movies and uh, TV shows, so I think it really works. It's always fun when it's one last job. You know what I mean? When it's like, we need to do this one last time, bring the band back together. I'm just going to call this Scoundrels. It's going to be simple. So flash forward. It's 2022. Lawrence is fleecing snowbirds in Florida for pocket change in get-rich-quick Ponzi schemes and is living in a duplex with his butler, Arthur, who's also Senator Palpatine, which is bizarre. Very bizarre. We don't know what happened. Like, what happened to this great, luxurious lifestyle that he used to have? Freddie went legit, kind of. He's an options trader on Wall Street, and he has huge ups and downs. He, we see him slay a giant commission, but then he gambles all the way at the track. Like, there's something missing from his life. Like all, all shows. You need, sure. you need something. Then, out of nowhere, Janet visits them both. She's bougie. She's on private planes. She's wearing furs. And apparently, she conned both of them out of all their money after a few gigs together mm-hmm. and just left, mm-hmm. disappeared. They couldn't find her. She needs them because her daughter, LaFrey, <laughs> it's a combination of both their names. Yep, yep, Wait yep. for it. Wait for it. <laughs> Who took up the family con business and owes $5 million in diamonds to an Italian mob boss, and they're holding her hostage. So the only way to get her back steal the diamonds as a group let the con begin and they go to work with lafrey's crew because you got to get like that younger aspect in there who narrowly escaped so her crew is brick stealington who's an explosive expert brick stealington (laughs) this is a rick and morty sketch this is their heist episode you got shades who's a female makeup and costume guru Stay with me. I can't. Brick stealing to got me and then shades. You got Flexi Lexi, who's a contortionist and illusionist. Is This is just Ocean's Eleven now. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. There you go. And Lars Hackerman, who's a computer genius. <laughs> and there's huge suspense about whose daughter. Is there suspense about what the characters do? Because it's not clear by their name. Is you're saying Hackerman is a computer hacker? I don't want to spell. Th- I want to spell things out for my audience. Because <laughs> your audience is a bunch of fourth graders. I like to be entertained. Go ahead. <laughs> 
huge suspense about whose daughter Lafrey is since they both slept with Janet right before, you know, she left. Right, right. And her name is both their names mashed up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> who will double cross who and when? Also, B side plot, Lafrey is using her expert con skills and almost escaping kind of prison break style from the mastermind Italian mob boss's hands. Okay. So that's like a fun, you know, you can go to the other area. And you can bring out their awesome characters like Rupert, the special brother, <laughs> uh, Freddie, the handicapped war vet, Dr. Schaufhausen, Chips O'Toole, the Australian business guy, yep. Paula, the Long Island gal yep, at the yep, end. Yep. And a ton of new characters could be fun. And episode ideas, you got like a gala episode where they have to go to a fancy ball, maybe re-falling in love with Janet, who's going to get her, who's not. Uh, multiple seasons after maybe conning the mob boss, they join up with him kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like that's a nice little twist. And there's got to be a bank vault episode, maybe one on a yacht, extreme sports shenanigans, maybe an actual doctor meets up with Schaufhausen. And, you know, like he has to really like, you know, give it to him. Yeah. I just, I love con and high stuff. <laughs> it's great. I love, I love the pick. Yeah. I love the name. I cannot get over the character's name. <laughs> the whole time you're talking in my head, I'm just like shades. <laughs> Why don't you call him like con man McConnington? <laughs> I like MacGruber stuff. You do like MacGruber stuff. MacGruber. Max, you're strong. Strong. Mm, very Max strong. strong. Max strong. What do you got? What do I got? I don't know that I'll do justice to this, but, but when I give it, when I tell you what it is, you're going to be so excited. Your face is going to light up. <laughs> it's a Wheeler genius. It's, no, I, right. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'm going to start with the name of the show that I'm pitching. Okay. You ready? Yep. Fubar. Oh, that's really good. Tango and yeah, Cash. That's really 30, good. 30 some years oh later. I knew of all the names. Like, I don't know if this is the best one for me, no, but the name really is good. the best that's one really for me. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So Tango and Cash, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell, uh, Ray Tango played by Sly, Gabriel Cash played by Russell, Kiki played by Terry Hatchard. It's a 1989 buddy cop action film. Beverly Hills LAPD Lieutenant Raymond Tango and downtown Los Angeles Lieutenant Gabriel Cash are considered the two best cops in Los Angeles. Obviously. Uh, neck and neck. They are Opposites in almost every way and have an intense rivalry with each considering himself to be the best. Their actions often make headlines. They are the target of a lot of people, the people they put in jail, the drug lords that are getting their organizations busted by them. Yeah. And they are framed for a crime they did not commit. They are sent to jail with each other. Yep. Subsequently, they team up, become friends, escape. That's Tango and Cash. And they shower together. And they shower together. There's a lot of great things about this movie. The guy with the chin. Maniac cop. <laughs> Face. So you know the toughest part about doing this movie is oh, they kill all the bad guys. Yep. So when you're trying to think of like how you're going to turn this into the next the Cobra Kai. You amp this up. Oh, don't worry. I got you. You ready? Yep. Kiki and Cash get married. Oh. They have a kid. They get divorced. What's the kid's name? I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. It's not it's not Steely McSteelington, <laughs> but it's almost as absurd. It's, it's actually really close to as absurd. So the opening of this movie is one of those classic, you know, National Lampoon vacations where it's a bunch of pictures. So it's the picture. Okay. Of, it's shots of Tango and Cash first meeting. It's shot of Kiki and Cash getting married. Okay, cool. I the like that. kid is born. I love that. The kid is like a toddler and has like a little police outfit that it wears. What's the song that's playing on it? Oh, it's a great idea. Help yeah. me out. What's a good song for that? Oh my God. Uh, more than a feeling. Uh, don't stop believing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some journey. Yeah. In the same line of journey, maybe like Steve Perry. Oh, Sherry. Oh, that's good. A little. Oh, Sherry. I like it. Hold on. All right. I'm there. All right. 
frame by frame, the kid's getting older, the kid's getting older, and you see the kid graduate from high school, graduate from college, go to the police academy, and you see like- The police academy? Yeah. <laughs> this is the multiverse. We're crossing over. Lassard takes the kid under his wing. So the kid, the kid graduates from the police academy. The whole time in all these photos, you'll love the campiness of this. It's Cash is like the fun, wild dad, yeah. and then Uncle Ray is like, yo, are you- taking care of that kid the right way. That's my nephew. Sure, like stock, yeah. stock portfolio at age six. <laughs> right, yeah. right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> Birthday parties, right? Yeah. Ray gets the kid like a little Wall Street Journal yeah, and yeah. like, yeah, like a little suit. You're building on these characters and Kiki is Kiki. So Did she make it as a dancer. Hold on, hold okay. on. <laughs> I'm in. The kid becomes a cop and it's the mix of Tango and Cash. You need know, cut to the kid after the intro of all the photos and everything. You're in the actual precinct where the kid works and the kid walks in wearing the suit and the, t- the kid he's in his like twenties. He's <laughs> no, wearing no, he's a clean cut suit and tie. So he's like his uncle Ray, yep. except then he starts talking and he's all cash. Okay. He's like wild. Doesn't play by the rules. Tattoos or something? Yeah. Okay, like cool. he's got, he's both. He's the perfect yeah. blend of both of them. So he's working a job undercover. Oh, cause he's obviously the best of the best yep. in the precinct. So you know what happens, right? He gets, gets kidnapped. He gets framed and sent to jail. Oh, again. Yeah. And Kiki, who is divorced from Cash. Oh, she is? Oh, yeah. They got divorced. Oh, okay. Come on. With his personality, they can't stay married. That hair, too. So she goes to what she do. Her kid has been framed and goes to jail. Who she go to? She goes to Ray. Yeah. And Ray's like, I'll fix this. But Ray's like, have you told... <laughs> Tell Gabriel. Have you called Gabriel Cash? And she's like, will you tell him? Their relationship is like strained a little bit, obviously because, you know, divorced from yeah. his sister and everything. So Tango and Cash, they're back. And they got to save his nephew slash son. Are they both cops though? No, okay. they're retired. They're in their like 70s. Okay. Yeah. They were cops all throughout? All throughout. They were cops. Yeah. Now they're both retired, right? So they're basically, nobody will help them. The cops have turned their back on them, but Tango and Cash are back and they're going to help get their son slash nephew out of jail. I love it. And plus you got the financial resources of Tango. So yeah. like they can do like ridiculous stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So guess who I've got playing the kid? You're going to love this. Who would you? Miles Teller? No. Who do you think should play the kid? Miles Teller. Who else? Um, Jonah Hill? No. That'd be good. Channing Tatum. Ooh, think 21 that's, Jump that's Street. really yep, good. Yep. Are you ready for this? This is almost as ridiculous as, uh, what was his name? Steelington? What was the absurd name for your last one? <laughs> uh, God, I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> remember. Brick Steelington. Brick Steelington. This is almost ridiculous. The kid's name is Matt Tango Cash. So he took the tango because Ray knew he was never going to have a kid mm. and he wanted to continue the family name. So Kiki said, okay, we'll give oh, cool. as a middle name. Got it. And then Cash, obviously, because of Gabriel Cash. Yep. Do you know why his name is Matt? We'll throw back Easter egg. Do you remember Matt Sakowski, the assistant warden? who was Cash's uh, officer when he, remember there was yeah, the guy who helped him yeah. and got killed. So it was an honor of his friend getting killed. Nice. And they basically go to jail. They visit with Matt and they're like, how'd this happen? What's going on? So the first season is really like half the season is him just being a cop and then he gets busted. Yep. And then season two and season three is all Tango and Cash just doing their Tango and Cash thing to get him out of jail. I love it. It's, does Matt have like a wife or something like that? No, about? no. His story is like totally irrelevant. Oh, he's just sitting in jail. He's just sitting in jail. This is all so I can just get Tango and Cash well, back together. You need a B plot though. No, my, yeah. B, my B plot is uh, the rekindling of the love between Kiki and Cash. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Honestly, a little more Channing though. You know? I know. I do feel like it's a little bit of waste of a character if I can get Channing in there, but yeah. We'll see. Okay. Maybe maybe after they get him out of jail, the three of them open their own private investigating <laughs> group. There you go. There you go. Now you got it. <laughs> All right. A little bit of redemption from the last Star Yeah, Friday. I like that one. All right, good. Uh, Max, up to you. What do you got? This is my barn burner. This is like my nuclear button uh, annihilation of oh, you. Oh, boy. This is so much fun. So Gen Z needs to be hip to 
John Hughes stuff. Okay. They, they, I mean, they know that they like it from all the Netflix shows, like about high school dramas. And but you all. feel like it's a little imposter syndrome. They don't love yeah. it the way they should. They need, they need a nice dose of John Hughes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the world, like Jim Henson and John Hughes, right? It's not a better place for them not being around. Yeah. But Jim Henson, there's still more. Oh, yeah. yeah I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. There's a thing on TikTok right now. It's Elmo. Like, it's like a big thing. I know. Yeah. 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 Wait, is he a Muppet or is he yeah, Sesame, Sesame Street? Street? Same thing. Oh, All right, Jim cool. Henson. Oh, cool. Jesus. Tap dancing Christ. I wasn't sure. Max. I'm not a Muppologist like you. Oh, I've got my PhD. You do. So. I feel like Gen Z needs to know the high school drama, the kind of like Cobra Kai does a good job of this. I feel like you could amp it up a notch with sure. John Hughes as your source material. Sure. I went pretty in pink. Ooh, pretty. You went dramas. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, TV shows with syndicate. I watched so much TV. Yeah. Or I used to at least. Now yeah, all yeah. I watch is 80s movies. Yeah. yeah. I'd literally li- watch like a full season of CSI in like a day, you know, wow. just listen to it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So syndicates, you need the small stories and the dramas. Okay. With the, like the larger no, that makes plot sense. kind of like. That's back to your point about why The Last Starfire was so tough like i find it very difficult to do sci-fi it's really difficult the only one that's done it recently is the expanse well i was gonna say and then like the mandalorian and all that stuff that's probably why it's so incredible to me yeah because they had 400 million dollars and so much source material sounds like an excuse to me no no i'm saying like it's hard to do that yeah I should, I should reach out to Fabro and see if he could do The Last Starfighter. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you call it Prettier in Pink. Oh, Prettier in Pink. Yeah. God, that's... So... Fubar was pretty good, though, wasn't <laughs> it? Fubar's my favorite one so far. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Yeah. St. Elmo's funeral is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. So Pretty in Pink, simple origin story. A poor girl must choose between the affection of dating her best bud or a rich but sensitive playboy. Love it. In 1986, cost $9 million, made $40 million, directed by my hero, Howard Deutsch, because he married Leah Thompson, too. Yes. And I guess their kids are actors, too, now. Makes sense. Yeah. Written by John Hughes. And there's so many icons in this movie. It's like Molly Ringwald is Andy. I guess she hated the prom dress that uh, she wore at the end. She kept it? Yeah. No, she hated it. Oh, she hated it. Yeah. I kept it. I was like, why the hell <laughs> you she keep to me? it? What the? No, no. <laughs> John Cryer is Ducky. Love that role. And turned down by Anthony Michael Hall. And then I guess they also won Robert Downey Jr. And you got Andrew McCarthy, James Spader as Steph, the ultimate bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, the, my favorite fact is every scene that James Spader is in, he has his butt top button undone. <laughs> I found that. Isn't that great? Is that something you found or did you watch the movie and uncovered it yourself? Little both. Okay. <laughs> little, little column A, little column B. Annie Potts is Iona, the record store mm-hmm. owner. And you got Dice Clay as the bouncer. Yep. So it's key that everyone aged really well, which is clutch in Cobra Kai. Like all these actors have a sense of humor about where they come from. Molly Ringwald did Not Another Teen Movie and, you know, make, made fun of herself yep, kind yep. of. And Cryer did the ducky dance on the James Corbin show. Mm-hmm. Okay. New plot. I'm so excited. <laughs> Blaine is a hot shot tech lawyer in LA. Andy is a homemaker. Happy mom of two, but kind of bored. Like she wishes her dreams of being a clothing designer really came to fruition. But they live in a huge mansion. They have all the toys, Ferrari, Range Rover. They got two French bulldogs named Ferris and Cameron. You know, let's have fun with this. Let's wink a little bit at the audience, you know? Okay. They got a younger daughter, Madison, who's eight. The older son, Aspen, is 16. Aspen. Yeah. Well, they're in LA. This is, you know, that's an LA name. And he's a great actor. And he wants to go to the Bright Lights Prep School. You know, to like really achieve his dreams. He's begging his dad, who doesn't see acting as a career, who his dad, Blaine, say, yes, say, say Blaine. Say. Blaine. He's corporate, but still charming and has good relationship with his kids when he's with them solo. But he kind of gets the weight of society on him. He like wants people to be rigid and kind of in their places. And Andy supports Aspen and helps him apply to the school. He gets in. And have all the drama of being a new kid, but he's crazy talented. He wins over most of the kids in the school, except the number one hotshot student headed to Juilliard, Cornelius Gray. (laughs) 
So you can have monologue battles. They can have a fist fight or two, play pranks on each other, you know, typical high school hijinks. But Aspen is more focused on the creative and quiet fellow student, Ashley. She dresses emo. She's listening to Edgar Allan Poe quotes. Is this Ducky's daughter or... Quiet. Oh, sorry. All right. All right. How dare you? It felt, well, no, it's a good, yeah. it's a good sign that yeah. I could see where it was going. New hair color every week and just really good artist. Aspen falls for her on day one. And she likes him too, eventually, after a few verbal kind of sparring matches. But hold up. Turns out her dad is, yes, spoiler alert. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. John Ducky Donaldson. I gave him a first and last name because they don't give him one in the movie. Right. I probably understand that. Who was an accomplished actor, but now he's an acting coach and teacher at Bright Lights Academy. <laughs> I guess his, not I guess, but his wife died seven years ago of cancer. So he's been drinking kind of a bit. Sure. And to bring in the little thing with Andy having ex- to deal with her dad ex- being Exactly. Yeah. There you go. And he doesn't like Ashley hanging out with Aspen because he doesn't really like rich kids. You know, she's on scholarship at the school. So I feel like all these kind of things can intersect. And Aspen is family friends with Iona so they can FaceTime. And we can bring Andy Potts in too. So I thought that was fun. And also spoiler on the B plot. Blaine's next case is for fraud and embezzlement with Steph's huge.com sure. Ponzi scene yep, company. Yep. And Steph is Cornelius's father. Oh, yeah. boy. So, I mean, episodes and themes. You can do prom episode where Andy makes Aspen a suit made from her, you know, dress. So it's like he's the new pretty in pink kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, so that works. All right. And Aspen has a plucky, annoying girl who also befriends him and has a crush on him. Let's call her Pop Rocks. <laughs> I don't know why. And... <laughs> What? There's names like Watts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It could be an episode based on the court case. Maybe Steph gets Cornelius to peer pressure Aspen into doing something illegal so he can hold it against Blaine so he doesn't go so too hard on him in the case. I'm to be very honest with you. I lost you five minutes ago. (laughs) This is... uh, you're in the wrong line of work. You should be working for like the WB making sitcoms. This yeah, it's fun. I watch a lot of TV. Yeah. And also there could be like a play they all need to do together, like Porky's too, <laughs> next day. There could be a dance. You're always pulling for Porky's <laughs> too. I love it. And there could be a dance class episode where Ducky brings back the Otis Redding, try a little tenderness sure, thing. Sure, sure. So, and who's going to be with who, all that kind of stuff. It just, it felt more, it, this one felt the this most. This felt more like Cobra Kai. This yeah. actually feels like Cobra it Kai. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt, it felt natural. I feel exhausted. <laughs> I, I can't remember half of what you just said. It was a lot. There's a lot to take in. It's but a show. That's it sounded good. No, it sounded yeah, good. Yeah. It sounded good. Woo. All right, Max. Uh, we're down to our last ones. What do you got? Uh, this should come as no shock to you. Oh, well, let me guess then. No, no don't, don't guess. Don't guess. You'll guess because I know you'll guess it right. Uh, but I'll do it the way I did before I give you the title of it first. Beverly Hills Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Hills Firefighter. You ready? That'd be good. You ready for the name? Yep. The Curse of One-Eyed Willie. Oh, there it is. <laughs> this is my dream. This is less about the podcast and more about me fulfilling like my destiny. You tricked me because on the Patreon, people suggested Goonies. You're like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Right, because I yeah. didn't want you to know. Obviously, that was the one I wanted to do more than anyone. This is, my, this is my banger. It's my best one. So the Goonies, 1985, Richard Donner, Steven Spielberg, Sean Astin and Josh Brolin are Mikey and Brandt, the, their brothers. Uh, they are joined with Jeff Cohn as Chunk, Corey Feldman as Mouth, Carrie Green as Andy, Martha Plimpton as Steph, Kay Hay Kwan as Dada, Robert Davey and Joe Pantoliano as Jake and Francis Fratelli, Anne Ramsey as Mama Fratelli, and uh, Max, do I even need to tell you what this movie is about? Sloth. It's all about sloth. Yes, sloth is definitely a part of it. I will not argue with that. A group of young misfits called the Goonies discover an ancient map and set out on an adventure to find a legendary pirate's long lost treasure. This is my top five overall any category movie ever. 
Yep. Uh, we've what talked number about is this. It? it bounces around two and three. Ooh. It, it depends. Emotionally, you get, every once in a while, you can get me to say it's my number one favorite all-time movie ever. Yep. But it's really high up there. It's got everything that I love about film. The same reasons that a lot of people love Stand By Me. To me, this is like an easier to digest version of Stand oh, By Me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that works. It, it, like, Stand By Me is an incredible movie on its own merit. What's heavy? If you wanted, you know, this is like Diet Coke. The, the, the Cliff Notes. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. And, and I want to learn stuff, but I don't want to know I'm learning stuff. And just the idea, this, this very beautiful, rare time in a child's life when they're transitioning from, I believe in Santa Claus do I don't believe in Santa Claus the magic and mystery of being able to get a map go on an adventure save the adults like this is still the segregation of kid and adult and it's it just flirts with that space and I love those kind of movies you crystallize childhood way more than I do I know because your childhood was an abject disaster <laughs> yeah, so you much. don't talk about it very much it's a sad boy <laughs> it's a lot of weird stuff going on in your head <laughs> God, that's my favorite. Your involuntary insults are like <laughs> knee jerk. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to suggest that you had a terrible childhood. I apologize. No, uh, it was just a. I was an anxiety ridden kid. Yeah, yeah. It was really so. Your terrible childhood was your fault. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't anybody else I'm around. It was you. all my head. This isn't getting any better. Parents, yeah. This isn't getting much better. Yeah. All right, Max, you ready? Yep. So season one, we start at the funeral of Mr. Walsh. Oh, Mikey. Well, he's what, he'd be like 90 years old. At this yeah, point, right? still, huh? Oh, all right. Uh, so they're in that room. You know, that room that everybody's always in when the attorneys are like, here's the estate. Oh, let's yeah. go over I love it. that room. They're in that room. So you can immediately sense there's a little bit of tension between Mikey and Brant. But I can't bring myself to make the story that they had a falling out because there's been never you got a to. better relationship between a two brothers than those guys. Like, conflict the, makes great shows. Yeah, but you can have conflict other places like these guys. Like, okay, there's so no way. I don't accept that Brant and Mikey had that. There's tension, but it's no different than the tension at the beginning of the Goonies where like he's a little annoyed by his little brother. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Okay? As he's reading everything, there's this understanding, you know, Mikey kind of says it to Brant, you know, dad was never the same since mom passed away. So you start to get a little bit of a backfill that their mom had passed away a few years before. Dad was still living in the house in the goondocks. You know, that was his place. He lived there until the day he died. You can still use it because it's there. Absolutely. You learn a little bit more about Mikey. You know, Brant kind of asks him like, how are you doing? And we, we learn that Mikey has two daughters and that Mikey's wife had passed away a few years prior. Oh, Brand had stayed single. He's kind of the fun older uncle. He doesn't marry. Uh, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you're bringing her back. Easy. Her back. Easy. Sorry, sorry. My God. <laughs> And, and you have these like really cool cuts like at the end of the Goonies when Mikey is apologizing to his dad for not being able to save the Goondocks before he realized he had the jewels. And his dad said, you and Bran are safe home with your mom and me. That makes us the richest people in Astoria. Aww. Like that's the kind of family that we're talking about. You got to name one character in this, by the way, Donner. Yeah, right. I, I haven't oh, yeah. thought of that yet, but we can talk, we can do that. You're more than the names. A than dog. I and name a dog Donner. So. Everything is kind of dispersed and and they say this is what's being left to who and what gets what. And Mikey's getting the house, right? It was left to both of them, but Brand's like, you can have the house. So Mikey's got these two millennial daughters. And I thought it'd be really cool. Like when we did our recasting episode for the Princess Bride and I wanted Soleil Moon Fry to be the grandson. Like I like the gender swap on yeah. some of these. I really like that they did this too in uh, Cobra Kai. Sure. That it was like the daughter of Daniel LaRusso who's yeah. into the karate. So I like this idea that you've got this dynamic very similar. You have these two daughters. One is like kind of too cool for school and the other still in that kind of fun imaginary world. But they're both 
millennials nonetheless. Uh, older, older. I wanted the younger daughter to be like 15 and Got the it. older to be like 18. Okay. But they've got their cell phones. They're annoyed by their father. Yep. Their mother's passed away four or five years earlier. So they've got that kind of like emotional distance that you would see. Right. So they all go to the family home. And of course, what happens at the family home? They you, find a map? No, no they, they go up in the attic. They're going through all the stuff. So yeah. like, it, you know, obviously in the will, uh, Mr. Walsh has gifted the majority of the items he had to the museum he worked at. Yep. But they go into the attic and they're digging around a bunch of stuff in the attic. What they uncover while digging in the attic is an artifact. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. So they all go back downstairs. They find it. This is, mind you, Brant and the two daughters. Mikey's changed. Losing his wife, losing his dad, like you just get this not exciting, like oh. this is our time. Like he, he's yeah. almost energy zapped out of him. Is he a boring him. job? Is he like accountant? Yeah, like like it's not even the job. It's just like you can tell like he's just not Mike. Yep. So Brant and the two girls find this artifact and they bring it downstairs. They're excited. Now remember, this is Mikey. Mikey's the one who if he saw an artifact, he'd be like, you know, Lose that's the rich mind. stuff. Yeah. That's the yeah. rich stuff. And he blows it off. He's like, I don't have time for this. Like sure. the girls need to register at school in the fall. I got responsibilities. And Brant, who's like the level-headed one, sees his brother and he's like, I, you're dying. You're dying in the worst way possible. You're dying because your light, your candle has been blown out and I need to figure out a way to fix this. So what's he do? He calls up the old gang because he knows he's got to get the Goonies back together to go on an adventure with Mikey not to find anything. The salvation here doesn't become saving the goondocks or the property. Saving Mikey's saving soul. Mikey's soul. Yeah. Yes. And that is the whole thing. So the whole first season is like phone call by phone call, like going through each one, right? And then he gets like, starts off, he gives dad a call who's working in Detroit because that's where his parents, remember this little nod to the first one? Yeah. Where his parents were going to have to move. They're going to move to Detroit. So data is a high power engineer at Ford and he calls him up and he's like, hey, easiest one. He's like, Mikey needs you. It's Brant. We're going on an adventure. He's like, I'm there. He's working remote. It's the middle of pandemic. He's in his boxer shorts. He's on his way. Calls up Chunk, who in real life is like a really handsome, he's thin, and he's an attorney. So Chunk's an attorney, Got but it. Chunk is still Chunk. Yeah. So he calls Chunk. He's like, I don't know, guys. Like, I don't think we should do this. And Brant's like, get your fat, you know what, over here right now. <laughs> so goes through all of them. When he gets to Mouth, Mouth is the best phone call of all. Mouth is a DJ at a strip club. Wow. That's his job. That's a DJ at a strip club. <laughs> That's very Calls perfect. him up and he's like, I need you. And he's like, ah, uh, yeah, I can make it. I can make it. Goes through the list, calls everybody up eventually gets to Andy and he knows he's got to call Andy and it's like weird yeah. and they haven't talked forever and it so happens that Andy just got done with a really messy divorce oh. and Andy comes in town. While all this is going on, this is season one. They haven't told Mikey. So it's really the two daughters and Brant working on this and they haven't told Mikey yet. They all come in town. They have like a, a reuniting moment. The artifact, which I have, I keep on calling it the artifact because a map is too simple. It's got to be, I haven't thought of what, what it's going to it be. Skull? It's got to be something, yeah. something really cool okay. that helps to like unfold all these things, right? So while this is going on, that's season one. Season one is they, the, the conflict is getting them together to go on the adventure. Season two is the adventure. But what is the resistance on the adventure? The Fratelli brothers. The Fratelli brothers are up for parole. They get paroled. Oh my God. And they find out. They're both like, we need to go find those uh, Goonie kids that yeah. put us in jail forever. Mind you, Sloth is still alive. Even though the actor's not alive, Sloth is still alive. Where's Sloth? That we get to that. When when Chunk has to come from his attorney, he's, remember he's living with Chunk and his family? Yeah, yeah. Sloth is still living with Chunk. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. And, and so they call that's the big like reveal in season two so if the Fratellis find out that they found another call it a map for right now it's not a map but then season two is like getting everything together and these two younger girls they're like helping them but like they're using technology so it's this fun kind of tip of the hat like in Cobra Kai when Johnny doesn't know how to use the internet or yeah. how to use a cell phone <laughs> like so they're all having their adventure and they're like okay how many paces is it and they're like counting the paces but the two daughters are like yeah you can just map that on G yeah. GPS you don't need to do it and that's the story 
Like it's just this reinvigorated and it ends up being the curse of One-Eyed Willie, right? So what they're going after is One-Eyed Willie's real treasure. Oh. And I don't want to tell you what that is, Max, because I got a feeling this is going to make it all the way to Netflix. Will there be a giant octopus? Yes. Okay, good. 100%. So this is unreal. I love this. This is a movie that you made a movie. <laughs> you think it's a movie and not a, a It's not a show. A show? Because getting the gang back together is a five minute montage clip. <laughs> No, we can do five episodes. One episode of getting each person. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how TV or movie works. This is on like this is the best movie pitch out of all of them. It's a hundred percent a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I failed, but I felt good saying no, it's it. Really, I'm it's like all, smiling. I love talking about it. It's really good. Woo! Yeah, woo! We did it, Max. You know what it's time for? The Buzzin' Tower Fan Spotlight. Max, our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight today is the single most overdue fan spotlight that we've had. Because we've been we've been friends with, it's Lori Tucker. Yeah. And we've been friends with her for how long now? 17 years. It feels like it, right? <laughs> um, Lori Tucker, I remember, I, I just have to gush for a minute, right? Gush away. Lori Tucker is the supermodel who was in Van Halen's Hot for Teacher video. Yeah. She also has been in a bunch of episodes of Airwolf. She's had a great acting career, Air great what? modeling <laughs> wolf, wolf. There, there it is. Uh, a great modeling career. She's still today as stunning as she ever was. But more than that, she's like the nicest person alive. Early on, she became a fan of the show. Lori is, by all accounts, one of the nicest people I've met in my life. Like, yeah. she's just very kind, upbeat, she, positive. Yeah. And she has lived such a life. I mean, when we've talked with her, she was on Max. Remember when she was interviewed on 80s Happy Hour? Yeah, with Timmy and John. Yeah. I mean, she did. She was great. Like, she's just gracious with her time. She has the best collection ever of just different guitars and pictures. And she's very cool. You can't talk 80s without bringing up Lori. Nope. She knows it like the back of her hand. She does. So I'm very interested to see what she had to say about our topic for today's spotlight. Hi, Lori here. So when Mo and Max asked me to put my two cents in on this, the very first thing that popped into my head was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I just rewatched it a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking what a great reboot show this would make. But this time, with Ferris's mischievous, plotting teenage daughter, Skylar, who is constantly being snooped on by her overbearing, tattletale younger brother, Ferris Jr., or as Skylar likes to call him, Verge. Skylar is as beautiful as she is smart. Well, of course, her mom is Sloane Peterson, and she gets away with absolutely everything. But the thing she can't get away with, she usually enlists the help of good old Uncle Cameron, who seems to be completely incapable of saying no to her. And this only serves to aggravate his already debilitating anxiety. In a turn of the tables, Aunt Jeannie believes Skylar can do no wrong and will not let Ferris or Sloane discipline her. On the other hand, Jeannie's husband, Uncle Garth, is always super suspicious and sides with Ferris every time. Unfortunately, nobody seems to have a soft spot for poor Ferris Jr., as Verge is utterly and completely annoying to all. In the opening episode, we find Skylar in the middle of her trying to pull off hacking her school's computers and getting her best friend into all the same classes as she. But unlike the days of her dad having to Mickey-rig everything, with all the new technology, it is so much easier for her to succeed in pulling one over on everybody. And since Ed Rooney was fired as the dean of the school... Ben Stein has taken over the role. Just like the rest of us, he has had it with economics. Of course, Grandma Katie and Grandpa Tom pop up every once in a while for some good old comedy relief. Well, that's my bright idea of a reboot, and it is worth exactly what you paid for it. 
Um, I would just like to tell everybody that I am working on a fundraiser for Patrick Warburton's Celebrity Golf Tournament for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. And it's coming up Friday, February 24th through the 27th. They have an amazing string of events, starting with singer-songwriter night, and then there's an amazing music jam night with Alice Cooper headlining, and of course, the gala night with the silent and live auctions on the 26th. You can go to warburton.com and check out all of the amazing auction items and or donate. If you guys are local, get tickets to this. It is an amazing event and it benefits kids with cancer and other life-threatening diseases. And with St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, no family ever has to pay a dime. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody have a great day and take care. Well, she uh, she made me feel like I didn't do a very good job. <laughs> ben Stein <laughs> as the dean. Lori crushed it. Yeah. Crushed it. Had names for like the uncles. Oh, and she, went, yeah. she went max level deep. I love Ferris Jr. I love all the nicknames, uh, the story, the plot. Uh, additionally, I want to reiterate what she said. Warburton.com. We, we've done a shout out to this charity before. It's great that she's involved with it. So please support if you can. St. Jude's is the best. They I, are. Every year my mom doesn't want a gift. I just donate to St. Jude's. Oh, that's fresh, fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lori, it's you, like one saving grace. I know you made the joke. You get what you pay for, but you just made that sound like we put you on retainer. So uh, we owe you one. You did a wonderful job. Woo. Uh, Max, that wraps the show. This was really fun. This was a lot. It was stressful for me. I, I have I, a friend at Netflix. I'm going to contact you. You did a great job. You did an outstanding job. I'm very proud of you. You did too, man. I, Fubar rules. Fubar was good. Yeah. The Goonies was a movie. And, and sci-fi is hard, okay? I feel like every time you say that, it's just... I'm, very, I'm beat down right Is that now. How you end the show? That's how I end the show. Goodbye. Uh, no, that's it's good. Good, it's good. It's good. Um, that's Charlie Brown. It is. It's okay. <laughs> I got fizzles. That's that's Eeyore. Uh, follow us on Netflix. Follow us on Netflix. We're on Netflix now. We are? No, we're not. Oh, we may. Uh, no, you want to know what I'm going to talk about right now? Next week's episode. Next week's episode. Why not? The movies that made us. If you've never seen the Netflix docu-series, The Toys That Made Us or The Movies That Made Us, I highly recommend that you watch it right now because on next week's show, you know who we've got? The creator. Brian Volk Weiss, the producer, director, and creator of both of those shows. And I know he's going to come. I always get nervous. I always say, I hope he's going to make it. I hope he's going to make it, but he's going to make it. And he's got stories about aliens and Sigourney Weaver and just, it's going to be it's pretty freaking epic. It's going to need to really be something special. I almost use a different word. Almost, I, I, I was going to bleep it out. I was ready. Uh, no, we're excited to have Brian on the show. Max, other than that, follow us on social media at buzz in the tower, like us, follow us, listen to our episodes, visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash buzz in the tower. Leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. Leave stars on Spotify. Max, what am I forgetting? I think that's it. Go buy a shirt. Yeah. Buy some swag on our website, buzzinthetower.com. Cool stickers of us we riding Falcor as dinosaurs. Great stuff. As Martin Back to the Future dinosaurs. dinosaurs yeah. yeah. There's a Ma- lot going on. Uh, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Max, how do you want to round out the show? I give you the, the honor and the pleasure. You crushed today's episode. I'm very, very excited to be across from a pro like you. Uh, crane kick to the face. I'm so happy you brought it back to your terrible endings. That makes me feel <laughs> makes me feel like a man again. By the way, the technique I just watched two and three for the first time. Yeah, that drum technique. How did he in in the second one? You know, when he's beating up the guy at the yeah. dance recital, he's just wailing his arms like sideways. That's how you fight. I, I lose. Oh. <laughs> just 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 when you're getting pizza, it's, it's a very it's a very poor technique. Oh, yes, deep once. thoughts, yeah. deep thoughts by Max Anders. How do I want to finish? How do I want to finish? I feel like I'm Fubar. <laughs> That's how I want to finish. Paint the fence. 
paint that. See, Max, the beauty of me being being the <laughs> person. Right there, the, beauty who, of me. the beauty of me being the person that does all the editing is that when I run out of something to finish, I just splice in some sound. So I'll finish on that. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. Get ready? Prepare for blast off. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.